leading us into the presence of the Lord tonight. Open your Bibles tonight. You got your Bibles? Anybody got a Bible? Got a Bible? Got a Bible? All right, all right, all right. Praise God. I see more Bibles now, you know. Amen. I know some do the, do the iPhone or whatever, you know, got your Bible on there. That's fine. That's fine. I was getting my teeth cleaned today, and that's what the, dent, the hygienist was talking about. We was talking about how many people brought Bibles to church and how many people brought uh, digital Bibles to church. And um, I don't know, it's amazing what you can talk about. Well, I can't talk. They're working in my mouth, but they're talking, and I'm, uh-huh. <laughs> but we did... Uh, we did have a good conversation about the things of God today right there in the dentist's office and in the dentist's chair and got to share some things with some folks about the Word of God. And uh, that's always good. We need to be, be preaching everywhere we go and every chance we get, don't we? Amen. I, did I tell you where to open to? Luke 11, you should know. <laughs> you should know it. Luke 11. And we are, as I said, we're... We're talking about uh, teaching on the Lord's Prayer. Continuing, um, have been for several weeks now on Wednesday nights, dealing with prayer, talking about prayer. And um, um, we talked about, you know, for f I think five weeks, the five most important factors in New Testament prayer. And then... Uh, we began this series. I felt like the Lord wanted us to continue on in this realm of prayer and the vein of prayer and talking about that. And so uh, we're, we're talking about the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the, the prayer outline that Jesus gave for us to be a model for us to pray. As we've said, this prayer is not a prayer that you and I are to just recite or pray by rote. But it's a, it's a prayer outline that, where Jesus actually gives six prayer topics, six different topics of prayer. And so we have talked about a couple of those already. And uh, we're going to read this uh, few verses, the first four verses of Luke chapter 11, okay? And then we're going to get into our next prayer topic. And I hope, my prayer is that we will all, all of us will learn a little bit more about prayer and how to pray effectively. That's what this is all about, is because the disciples asked the Lord to teach them to pray, and that's what we're doing, is we're saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And He always teaches us through the Word of God. Amen. There's no outside source. He's going to teach us from the Word of God. Luke 11, 1, And it came to pass... As Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his uh, disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, and this is the response Jesus gave, and he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. Matthew says it this way, Give us this day our daily bread. The margin of my King James says, Give us for, for the day our daily bread. In other words, we're praying for the needs that we have today and not worrying. Jesus said, Don't take anxious thought for tomorrow. 
So give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Matthew concludes it with, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Now, we have uh, already discovered and talked about a couple of the topics of the Lord's Prayer. And um, um, that the Lord's Prayer actually teaches us, first of all, a concern for His name, for the name of God, for the name of the Lord. Secondly, it teaches us for a concern for His kingdom and His will. And then it teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, and to pray for our needs. So in this aspect of prayer, after we have come before the Father in worship and recognized Him as our Father, as we have recognized that there is relationship, because He said we pray our Father. And one of the the important things that we talked about um, concerning prayer in our other series was that Jesus said that we, we are to address the Father in His name. And so the name Father... You know, it indicates and shows us that there is a relationship there. To the world, He's God, but to you and I, He's Father. He, there is a relationship that we have with Him through the blood of Jesus. And so we're, we're privileged to be able to come into His presence and commune with the Almighty God because He is our Heavenly Father and we are His sons and daughters. So there's relationship that's established And a right relationship uh, gives us that place to come into the the presence of the Lord and pray. There has to be a right relationship. But then the second aspect of prayer was that we come with, uh, with worship and praise. Hallowed be thy name. And we talked about hallowing the names of the Lord. And so prayer, true prayer, the right protocol for uh, effective prayer is that we come into the presence of God with what? With worship and with adoration. We come before His presence uh, with giving Him thanks and giving Him praise for all the things that that He has done, for who He is and what He has done for us. And we're focused upon the cross We're focused in our prayer time upon the benefits of Calvary. And those are the things that we are giving Him thanks for, giving Him praise for, that He has saved us, that He has washed us in His blood, that He has filled us with the Holy Spirit, that He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He's, he's Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. He's, he's Jehovah Makedish, our sanctification. Amen? And we went through those eight redemptive names of the Lord. He's Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. He's um, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, our victory. He's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. He's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. And so we're thanking Him and praising Him for who He is and for every blessing and benefit that He's given to us and, and all that He's done for us. So that's how we come into the presence of the Lord with thanksgiving and praise. And so then the uh, Lord's Prayer also taught us when we come into the presence of the Father with worship, first of all, but then the next thing was that we establish our priorities and establish the kingdom of God and the will of God in our life. 
So the next element of that prayer was we pray what? Your kingdom come and your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We're praying there for God's will to be done in our lives, for His kingdom to be established in us, for our priorities to be in Him. We're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And we have to realize something that prayer is more than just an avenue for us to come and have our needs met. It's more than just a place that we come or something that that we use to get what we want or what we need from God. Prayer is all about us submitting ourselves to God to the will of God and having the kingdom of God uh, ruling and reigning in our hearts and in our lives. It's a uh, prayer, a big part of prayer is consecration and dedication and commitment and giving ourselves to the Lord and praying for His will every day every single day of our lives. I don't want my will, Lord, to be done today. I want your will to be done today. I don't know how to, I don't know, you know, how to conduct or uh, I don't know what I may need to do today, but Lord, you know what you, what do you want me to do today? You lead me today. You have your way in my life. Because Satan's out there wanting to, he's wanting to enforce his will in your life. Well, I don't want anything to do with the will of Satan. And I sure don't want the will of Ricky, amen, because it surely probably won't be the will of the Lord. So I got to find out every morning, what is your will? Let your will be done in my life today. Let your kingdom come. You, Jesus, said, on the throne of my heart today and rule and reign in my life and have your way in every area of my life. That's, that's, that's how prayer begins, amen? With worship and commitment and consecration and making the kingdom of God. That, making the kingdom of God the priority. That's seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, amen? But then we come... Then we come to the next aspect of prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, as in heaven, so in earth. And verse 3, give us. That's the part we want to jump to first. (laughs) Give us. Give me, give me. You know, it's like the old guy said, you know, said my name is Jimmy and I'll take all you'll give me. Amen. And uh, but that's the that's the that's the part of prayer that we like to jump to that we like to to get to, and this is a vital part of prayer. Give us day by day, or give us this day our daily bread. And this part of prayer is where we appropriate God's provision in our life, and God does want to answer prayers for you. He does want to give you good things. Amen. He does want to bless you. He does want to answer your prayers and give you the provision that you need every single day in your life. And so this part of the Lord's Prayer uh, is where we we come to the Lord and we appropriate God's provision for our lives. How How many needs God to meet your needs tonight? How many needs the Lord to provide for you tonight? See, we've got, to, we've got to understand that, that He, Jesus, is our bread. He's our sustenance. He's our provider. Everything that we need is in Him. Amen? 
We don't, we, you know, I'm not dependent. We do what we can do, but we, we got to be dependent upon the Lord to, for our provision. And He's a good God, and He wants to supply the needs of His people. Can I get an amen tonight? Now, there's four basic requirements for praying in what you need. And, and, you know, and, and, and I know people say, well, dude, you know, I wish we could leave this part out because I just want to pray and get my needs met. But there are some basic requirements that, uh, that the Lord has for us that the Bible lays out for us in order to appropriate God's provision for our life. And we need to make sure that we're fulfilling these requirements. You know, Jesus said in John 15, 7, He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you will and it shall be done. So there's conditions that there and there are some requirements. How I many knows God has some requirements, amen, for, before we can have the blessing of the Lord and, and He will meet our need. And let me give you these four things. There are four basic requirements. And the very first one is this, is that we... You know, if we want God to, to, be, to be able to meet our needs and we're coming to Him and asking Him to give us our daily bread and, and we're asking Him to meet our needs, then we must have, uh, we must be, number one, must be in the will of God. Are you with me? You can't be outside of the will of God and have the blessings of God. So you've got to make sure we're in the will of God. That's why we pray that first part of the prayer, to make sure we're in the will of God. And being in the will of God uh, covers four different things. And let me just mention them to you. To be in the will of God, number one, will, will mean that you have fellowship with Jesus daily in the Word of God and in prayer. Let me say that again. Are you writing this down? To be in the will of God every day, you need to have fellowship with Jesus in the Word of God and in prayer. You need to make sure there's some time, how long, that's up to you, but some time set aside every day, preferably in the morning, if that's possible, for you to get alone with the Lord and with your Bible and to pray and to read the Word and you talk to the Lord and let the Lord talk to you. Can I get an amen here? There's got to be fellowship with the Lord every single day. You have to have a prayer life. That's what we're trying to, to establish here, that every Christian needs a prayer life. That's where our strength comes from. Amen? You know, whether, you know praying doesn't make God love you anymore, uh, doesn't make you any more righteous or holy, but prayer, prayer will bring you to a place where, where God will strengthen you, He will encourage you, He will will speak to you. He will lead you. Amen. And, and the same thing with the Word of God. You're not trying to earn something from the Lord by praying and reading your Bible, but you need to feed upon the Word of God every single day and get in the Word and let the Word of God speak to your heart. Let God talk to you through His Word. And if people will do that, if you will do that every day and spend some time every day in prayer and in, in reading the Word of God, you'll never get deceived. You'll never be led astray. You'll never follow a false teacher because the Holy Ghost will teach you and guide you in the way that you need to go. Amen? 
So there's got to be, number one, to be in the will of God, a daily fellowship with Jesus in the Word and prayer. But then the second one is this, and this is where a lot of people get fouled up. The second one is that there has to be fellowship with one another in a good local church with a good spirit-filled pastor. Come on now. <laughs> Let's put a plug in there for the preacher tonight. Amen. There, there must be, there has to be fellowship with other believers and a commitment to a good, spirit-filled local church and pastor. I believe that's vitally important. Amen? The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, it talks about how that we are to spur one another on, that we're to encourage one another. And he said, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And I know this scripture's been used so much that, that people, you know, um, that people just, it, it just kind of rolls off of them. But look what it says. Go back to that, that one right before. And, and let us consider one another to provoke one another uh, to good works and forsake, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That day approaching referring to the coming of the Lord. It seems like the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the less people come together to fellowship in the church. But that's not the way that it's supposed to be. We need a good Bible-based church to be a part of. And I just, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a bit biased in any way, but I believe that Abundant Life Family Church is a good, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, Bible-based church. Amen. And so people are wanting to have their needs met. Well, they need to be a part of a good church. I don't know how many people call through the week and uh, at different times, various times, and call the church. And, and, and you know, they, we don't know who they are or anything, but they're just wanting money. They're just wanting us to pay their electric bill or wanting us to do this. And, you know, uh, they need a church. They need a church home. When you go to inquire, well, where do you go to church? Who's your pastor? What's your, well, they don't have one. Well, they're wanting, they're wanting their needs supplied, but they need to get their priorities in, in the right place. Get their priorities in order and get in a good Bible church and support that church and be faithful to that church and support your pastor. There was an old, amen, there was an old uh, James Garner movie, Support Your Local Sheriff. Well, get in here and support your local church and support your local pastor and support your local preacher. Come on, somebody. Woo! <laughs> Amen. Amen. We've got to have that. Be committed to that church and, and, and support it and pray that the Lord would plant you in a, in a local church and be active and take a part in that church. Amen. Not, not, you know, not just be, don't just be a Sunday morning only, but, but, but come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And, and I heard one pastor say this one time years ago, and it, and it's minister, it ministered to me, and I, it's never left me. He said, I don't do, he had a huge church, a large church, and he said, I don't do a whole lot of personal one-on-one -on -one counseling. Because he said, when people come to me with a, with a problem in their life, he said, what I do, I tell them, you come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, 
night and Wednesday night for six months and you take notes on what I'm preaching and teaching on and you put that into, apply that to your life and put it into practice and your problem will be, God will give you the answer to your problem. I won't have to spend time with you in an office counseling you, amen? And then sometimes they say, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to do that. I can't do that. Well, then they don't want their problem solved very bad, amen? I didn't intend to get in on all that. But, but, but that's important. Pray that God would establish and plant you in a good Holy Spirit church. And this is the cream. You, you all the core. You're the core right here. The cream of the crop tonight. So there's got to be fellowship with Jesus. And with, uh, in the word and prayer, there's got to be fellowship with one another. And then... Uh, in a local church, but then the third thing that, uh, that, that, that includes being in the will of God for God to meet your need is that you have to have balanced, digital, uh, uh, di diligent. I got, I got Facebook stuff on, but di not digital, but balanced, diligent work habits. I figured that'd get a big amen. Hallelujah. Balanced, diligent work habits. The Bible teaches us that we are to earn our living by working with our hands. To earn a living. Amen? That's the way God has set it up. The welfare system has tore that philosophy down. Socialism is trying to come in and tear that philosophy down. But the Bible's very plain and says that Paul said, if a man won't work, then neither shall he eat. Amen. And for God to meet our needs and for God to supply for us and for God to supply, uh, provide for us, he wants us to have a good work ethic. Amen. And, and work a job. Well, somebody said, well, I'm, Brother Rick, I'm disabled and can't work a job. Well, you know, God understands that too. But, uh, but that's the way that the Lord has laid it down in the Word of God, that we're to work with our hands and um, uh, to, to have a, a balanced uh, be balanced in that. You know, there's some people that, are, that overdo it and are workaholics. And they want to work three or four or five jobs, you know, because they want to try to keep up with the Joneses. Come on, somebody. Anybody with me? They, they want to try to make sure their kids wear designer clothes to school and, and have the $200 sneakers and all that. So they got to work double shifts and extra jobs and all of that. And, uh, you know, listen, listen, that's, that's kind of getting in the ditch on the other side. Some people got in the ditch over here. They don't want to hit a tap and they don't want to do anything. Then there's some over here that they're just workaholics and they want to work all the time. And they work so much that they don't have time for Jesus and they don't have time for church and they don't have time for the Lord or, any, or even time to spend with their family. That's not pleasing to the Lord either. That's why it's got to be balanced out. Amen? See, it's fear and it's worry and things like that that causes people to think that, well, maybe they're not going to make it and they've just got to, they've got to work all the time to make as much as they can. Let me tell you something. If you will get a job and work and be faithful at that job and stay with that job and believe God and put Him first and trust Him, He'll bless you on that job. He'll bless you financially. He'll provide for you. He will take care of your life. Come on, amen. 
But God doesn't bless laziness. He doesn't bless, he doesn't bless laziness or slothfulness or lethargic people that won't do anything. I better move on. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm just telling you, amen? Hallelujah. We've got to have the balance, you know, in that. So, so we have fellowship with Jesus. We're, we're committed to a local church, supporting that church. Um, we, we've got good work ethic, work habits. You know, listen, if you don't have a job, God, God will help you find one. He will help you find one. He knows your heart. He knows what you're doing. He knows, amen? And, and He will make a way to give you a job. Now, I know, well, I'm not going there, but, you know, <laughs> some people, there's, listen, there's, we were in, there's jobs out there if somebody wants to work. And it may not be some executive position, but take what you can get until something better opens up and at least show God that you're willing to, to do what you can do to make, to make ends meet and do what you can do if it's minimum wage, whatever the case. Amen? You're obeying God when you, when you set yourself to have a good work ethic and, and obeying God in that. So, but, then, but then the fourth thing is this. And uh, being in the will of God is this, and that's obedience in our giving. You have to obey the Lord in your giving. God cannot provide for us if we're stingy and won't give to the work of the Lord. Malachi chapter, chapter 3. I haven't got, got to preach on this in a long time. But, but you know, Malachi chapter 3 talks about bringing the tithe into God's storehouse. And he said, you know, he even accused Israel. He said, where have you robbed me? You've, they, they, he said, you've robbed me. And they said, well, we hadn't robbed you. Where have we robbed you? And, and, and God told them, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. And the tithe was the tenth that they were supposed to bring to the Lord. And God made a promise there in that Old Testament. Comes right over the blessing, comes right over to the New Covenant. But He said in the Word of God, He said, He said, listen. He said, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Where's the storehouse? Right here where you get your, where you get your spiritual food and, and where your pastor's at. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to visit you when you're sick and to, uh, to marry your kids and uh, hopefully not have to preach any more funerals. But, but, but that's, that's where you, that's where you, you know, you, you bring your tithe to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And, and you know, I've always said this. If, 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 if godly people and God's people will be faithful to bring just their tithe and give of their tithe. If everybody, if we have 100% tithers that be faithful in tithing, there would never be one thing in the church that would go undone. Everything would be met, met every need supplied, every bill paid. Nobody would ever have to, no church would ever have to have a rummage sale or, or, uh, or chili cook-off or anything like that to raise money because that's not how God set it up to raise funds for the church. 
The church is to be funded through the free will offerings and the tithing of God's people. And God has pronounced a blessing upon your life if you'll bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat and there may be food in my house. He said, test me, prove me. God himself is saying, prove me and see if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that there's not even room enough for you to receive it. Woo! Praise God. Preach, Pastor. <laughs> Amen. Ten cents out of every dollar. One penny out of every dime. One dollar out of every ten. Amen. The tenth is holy unto the Lord. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. And I, and I really believe this too, saints of God, that, that if you uh, and I, if the, if the church will make sure that there's meat in God's house, God will always make sure that he takes care of your house. Are you hearing me today? I believe that. Hallelujah. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Woo. He said in Proverbs chapter 3, he talked about their honoring the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. And then he said, if you'll do that, then he said, your barns would be filled with plenty. Oh, hallelujah. There wouldn't be no empty barns. They'd all be filled and running over. Your barns would be filled with plenty. Amen. And your presses will flow and overflow with wine, new wine and with oil. In other words, there will be a special blessing upon you when we're faithful. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. I'll press it down. I'll shake it together and I'll run it over. I'm talking about appropriating your daily needs. Get in the will of God. Put God first. Give to the Lord and he will bless your life and meet your every need. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen? Do you believe it tonight? So you got to be in the will of God in those four areas. Okay, we're talking about praying in what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. But the second thing is this. To be in the will of God, number two though, you got to believe that it is God's will to prosper you. you got to believe that. You can't have a poverty mentality. and have God provide and meet your needs. And the devil has sold a lot of people a bill of goods, thinking, causing them to believe that it's God's will for them to be in lack and be in want and to be broke and busted and disgusted. And that's not what God wills for our lives. So we have to believe that it is God's will to prosper us and to supply our needs. The Bible says in 3 John 2, I wish above all things, beloved, that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there's spiritual prosperity, there's physical prosperity, and then there's financial prosperity there in that one verse, all three of them together. God wants you to be blessed and prosper in every area of your life. Proverbs chapter 10 says that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. 
And we've discussed what rich means. You know, it doesn't mean that you'll be a millionaire. But to be rich means that you've just, you have a full supply. You've got everything that you need. You've got everything that you need in life. And that's what God desires and wants for you and I as His people, as His children. You want the best for your kids. You want the best for your grandkids. If they have a need and you're able at all to meet that need or to help them in, in, in any area of their life, you're there to do it for them. You're there. Why? Because you love them and you don't want to see them and want. Can I tell you that Jesus said that if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask Him? Yeah, He's wanting to bless you. He's wanting to prosper you. And He said this, my God, Paul said this to the Philippian church because they had given an offering to Him on several occasions to support His ministry. And Paul said to them how much he appreciated what they'd done for him and given to him. He said, no other church in Macedonia gave to this ministry except you and you gave once and again. And then he said this, and I know that my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He wants to meet your need. Can you say amen? He wants to bless your life. He's a good God. Amen? Poverty's a curse. Oh, glory. <laughs> Got quiet all of a sudden. I know you all believe that. Poverty's a curse. Amen? Praise God. We've been redeemed from that curse. The Lord is our shepherd. Shall not want. Talking about your needs being. Talking about you being blessed of the Lord in your spirit, in your body, and in your finances. See, here's the thing. God, God wants you of course, He wants to take care of you, but He wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing. Amen? Not, 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 not just so you can hoard it all up for yourself and just spend it all on yourself. He wants to bless you so you can share the wealth with somebody else and be a blessing to your church and be a blessing to somebody in need. Amen? And somebody said this, and I believe this, I agree with this, and they said this, that if God can get it through you, then God will get it to you. Come on, can I get an amen? I said if he can get it through you, he'll definitely get it to you because he has blessed us us to be a blessing. Amen? He has. Hallelujah. I mean, the church could not survive if it wasn't for God's people whom God has blessed that give then of their, of their finances to the work of the Lord and to the church. That's the way it works. C.M. Ward, the great, the great assembly of God radio preacher and evangelist. C.M. Ward said one time, he said that the, the gospel can only go as far as the dollar bill will carry it. 
That's only as far as it can go. Amen. So you see the importance of money. That's why God said you can't serve God and mammon both. I wasn't intending on getting hung up here on this. But he said, Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon or, or money. You can't serve them both. And, and that's the truest test of how much of, of our life God has. Because if God can get our money. Because listen, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And if God can get that love of money out of us to where we're willing to turn it over and give it for the work of the Lord. Oh, I'm telling you what, He can trust us. If we're faithful in that which is which is little bit, God will trust us with that which is so much more. He's looking for some people that will give as He directs them to give. Then we can pray. Give us. We got a need, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, I got to close. Believe it's God's will to prosper you. And be specific. This is the third thing. We're praying in God's provision for our life. And the third thing you've got to do when you have a need is be specific. Tell the Lord what it is you want. I just can't hardly stand for somebody to want something and instead of them just coming out and asking me, they just kind of hem-haw around. Or they try to, try to throw a hint here or there, you know, and, and try, to get, try to get me to say, well, what, you know, come on, spit it out. And I think, that's, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's what the Lord is saying a lot of times. And he's just saying, would you just spit it out and tell me what you want? Tell me what you need. You know, we, we sing that old call him up, that Jesus on the main line. Call him up, call him up, and what? Tell him what you want. Hallelujah. Lay it out there and be specific about the need that you have. Lord, here's what I need. If you need $100 to to pay a bill that's coming up and, and you don't have it, you go to him and say, Lord, I need a hundred dollars. I'm asking you to give me a hundred dollars or send it or give me some way to earn it, but I need this money and be specific. Lay it out there. When that, when that, in that parable of the friend at midnight, the friend comes knocks on the door of his friend, and he says, what? I need three loaves. I mean, he is specific. He didn't just say, well, I need some bread. I got some company coming. But he said, I need three loaves. He told his friend exactly what he needed. And that's, you know, when, when Bartimaeus was crying out, Lord, have mercy on me. And they got him over to Jesus. And the first thing Jesus did was said, what was it he said to Bartimaeus? What do you want me to do for you? And, and what, you know, if Bartimaeus could have him hauled around and said, well, you know, uh, I've been a beggar for a long time. And I hadn't been 
wasn't able to work much. And uh, just spit it out, Bartimaeus. Tell me what you need. What can I do for you? And Bartimaeus was very specific. And he said, Lord, I want to receive my sight. And immediately Jesus said, bam, there it is. Receive your sight. And he was healed in that very hour. He got just what he asked for and what he wanted for the, for, for, from the Lord. So when we come to this part, give us this day our daily bread. Be specific and tell the Lord. Lay out your needs for that day and ask him for those needs. And you know what? I found out and probably most everybody here is the same way and that is this, that for the most part, all of our needs are pretty much automatically already taken care of for the most part. There may be some things that arise that you need, but you just get to thinking about it. I got a, I got a place to live. I got a vehicle to drive. I got clothes to wear. I ain't going hungry at all, amen. I got, I got, I got money in my checking account. My bills are all paid. I got good cool air conditioning. I got good warm heat in the wintertime. Hallelujah, I'm not lacking much of anything. So most of the time, it's just coming before the Lord and say, I just wanna thank you that you have given me my daily bread. My sustenance has been provided. Woo! Hey Amen, I'm having too much fun tonight. But do you know what, isn't that the way it is? But then if you have a specific need that arises, you know, tell him what it is and give him that request and be specific. But number four is this, in appropriating your needs in your life. The fourth thing is this, you've got to be tenacious. You've got to be persistent. Because the enemy will try. See, listen, here's the thing. It isn't God setting up your father, setting up there withholding good things. No, the Bible said that he, in, in, in Psalm 84, that he will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly before him. So when the devil says, God's holding back on you, you just say, devil, you a lying wonder. Amen. My God ain't holding back nothing on me. Hallelujah. Because he will not withhold any good, any good, any good thing for those who walk uprightly before him. But the devil will try to hinder or stop the blessings and the provision from coming into your life in various ways. And that's why persistency and tenacity comes into play. Because when you are specific and you have a need and you ask the Lord, I've got, I need you to give me my bread today, meet this need today, then you've got to be specific and you've got to hold on and the next day, if you don't have it yet, you come back to the, oh, come on, somebody, ain't nobody here. You come back before the Father again and remind him again, Lord, here's the need that I got and I know that you want to give me this need. I'm asking you again to bless me, to meet the need, to give me, and if it don't come that day, I'm coming back in the next, come on, somebody. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm like that little 
that little widow woman that Jesus talked about in, in, in Luke chapter 18 when he said that that widow came to that unjust judge and said, hey, I got an adversary. Avenge me of, of that adversary. And that judge said, I don't care nothing about you. I don't care nothing about your problem. I don't care nothing about anything going on in your life. Get out of here and don't come back. But the next day, she was back right there knocking on that judge's door again. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And finally, the judge said, I don't care nothing about her. I could care less about her adversary, but she's about to drive me crazy. And because she's coming every day, I'm going to give her what she wants to get rid of her. Now listen to me. That whole parable Jesus gave as a contrast because what he was trying to teach was this. If this widow could get a judge that cared nothing about her to give her what she wanted simply because of tenacity and persistence and, and, and coming again and again, how much more, and this is the point of the parable, how much more will, will God who does love you, who does care for you, who does want to meet your name, who has promised you good things, how much more will he answer your prayer if you'll just hang on in faith and you won't quit and you won't give up and you won't stop. Amen. Woo. Oh, I forgot. This is Bible study. Forgot that. <laughs> supposed to be teaching. I'm going to have to start all over. <laughs> oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I know there's those that say, well, if you've asked God once, you don't go back and ask Him again. That ain't what Jesus taught. That ain't what the Word of God teaches. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Worship team, come on back. I, I, I gotta, we got we to, gotta, it's, it's time to quit. Listen, let me read you something while they're coming. From uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said this, and this is in the Amplified, because this, this is the way that it, it, is, it reads in the, in, the, in the Greek. You know where Jesus said, uh, ask and it shall be given you, seek, and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asketh, receiveth. That ETH in the King James, that ETH uh, on the end of that word, that suffix, means it's a, it was in the continuous sense. So he that, that asketh and keeps on asking, he that seeketh, and keeps on seeking. He that knocketh and keeps on knocking, to him it will be opened, and he will find, and to him it will be answered. Are you listening to me? And the Amplified says it that way. It says, keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door 
uh, the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. And that parable in Luke 18 of that widow and that judge, Jesus spake that parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and what? Not to faint. That's the point of the whole parable. That's what it was teaching. To pray and don't cave in. To pray and don't give up. When you got a need and you know you're in the will of God and you know that it's promised by the Lord in His Word, ask Him and come back again and remind Him of it and thank Him for it and keep on asking and believing and coming until the prayer is answered. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. Well, stand with me tonight. That's the reason for every Tuesday night we're coming and we're asking and we keep on asking for revival and we're seeking and we keep on seeking for revival and we're knocking and we keep on knocking and asking and believing and God is going to answer the prayers of His people. Amen.